Hello, film friends, friends of film, and everyone in between. Welcome to the Film Folklore Podcast. I am Jed Props, and I am joined today by uh, Zoe Props. Hello. Joey D. Hello. And of course, our amazing producer, Justin Sound. Hi. Jed, you have to stop calling me amazing and not, and not giving them any credit. I was, well, you know what? No, you are. Let, let's, you know, here, take let's, it. Let's pause a minute. Take it. I was running out of adjectives and I was like, I need to save all 10 adjectives I still know for Justin. Mm. So don't worry. We're, we're going to run out and then I have nothing left to tell y'all. Right. Thank you. Yes. My brain is dumb. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, Chris is not with us today. Um, I don't know. Where is Chris? Uh, Joe, do you know? He's on to Magic Mike Part 2. <laughs> the marathon continues. It continues. Yeah. Uh, what's great is if we uh, air these in a different order <laughs> to make it even more confusing. He's still, yeah, he's still there. Yeah. I, I should say, um, for recording purposes, this is our 11th um, episode that we've recorded. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Oh, pat yeah. your, everyone pat yourselves. <laughs> pat yourselves on the backs. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, Real quick. Did you guys know Soderbergh directed... The Magic Mics. Yeah. I think I did know that. Or the first one, right? I don't know about beyond that. But. I think it's both of them. Magic Mike. Yeah, why not? Well, there's three. There's three. Oh, there's three. There's oh. three. Oh, I so heard yeah, that the first one was like better than it should have been. Better than you would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mom saw it. My mom doesn't watch movies like that <laughs> at all, ever. Yeah, I guess she went movie. with like a girlfriend or whatever. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I saw Magic Mike. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing So now? have you watched the stripper movie yet? Yeah. <laughs> She said it wasn't bad. And I was like, okay, mom, what the hell are you talking about? So, yeah. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, uh, wow. Uh, so, uh, the reason I bring up that this is our 11th recording is that um, uh, we are entering um, uncharted territory for our genre, I suppose. Um, because we're kind of a niche podcast, we're, we're like behind the scenes film, there haven't really been a lot of uh, other podcasts that were similar and to the best I could tell they all seem to die uh, by the 10th episode so we are officially beyond um, whatever deep space I don't we know. just have to survive this next physically survive this next 60 minutes so. yeah Chris is not here as we said um, but we're going to uh, go right into it we are introducing yet another new segment guess what we haven't really explored too much of the lore part of our uh, title and so uh, we're going to start uh, occasionally doing another segment um, that we're going to be calling Legendary Lore. And uh, we're going to put a spotlight on um, famous um, incidents or things that kind of happened uh, throughout film history. It might be kind of contemporary. It could be a little older. Um, but uh, we'll get into what we're talking about uh, here in a second because um, we got a doozy of a famous story. But uh, <laughs> first... Um, at some point, we've all been on chaotic shows. It's unfortunately just part of the business. Um, even though we'd like it to not ever happen, it, we'd be lying to ourselves if it didn't happen. Um, and, you know, what are some typical reasons um, for a show derailing and going unhinged? COVID. COVID. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was Good a Good night, fun everybody. Time. Yeah, that was a fun time. Coven uh, worked on one where it took like three hours to light each scene, <laughs> right? <laughs> which was fun. Not making your days, which is completing what you are set out to do on your call sheets and things. Poor handling of the budget yeah. from above the line. Going, up, is, going above budget. That can probably do it the quickest. Yeah. Poor directing. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's usually coming from the top when things are not going well. It's hard to... It's hard to fault like a middle of the pack kind of person. Um, yeah. yeah, I worked on one where it just rained so much. It was hurricane yeah. season, and it w and it was. Uh, I don't know. It just happened so much to the point of of it just being being a joke. There's yeah, a show called just, Underground where it rained. Yes, thirty day. We, we, yeah, we were both on it. Yeah, it was like yeah. well, by the holes. time I got in, you guys were like. Just I, permanently I found, drenched. I found a <laughs> I found a threshold I didn't know I had, which was apparently. Uh, a ninth episode of horror is where I quit. <laughs> it, uh -huh. was, it was one of two shows I've ever quit. Yeah. Um, it was atrocious. Why did you quit, quit that one? Just because it was so. You're sad. Uh, the, I was, yeah, I was <laughs> very sad and wet. Yeah. Um, I do my crying in the rain. Do you know the I'll worst say. thing in the world? <laughs> Toweling yourself they off. Can't see the tears. And you stay wet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
and that's why we stayed wet. It was the tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I got a million stories from that show, but uh, no, the prop master is a hack, and I'm I'm open and willing to say that because he was one of the worst people I've ever worked with, and so. Understood. Uh, you couple that with the show going horrifically wrong, um, and you get the worst thing I've ever worked on. And it, it, we're in a never say never industry, but I feel very confident, and I can't ever not top, but bottom that. I don't know how do you. Uh, anyway, I can't <laughs> yes. do worse than that. Yes. Um, but uh, Zoe, great uh, point you brought up because um, it's the elements is another thing that, and that show was as Joe was saying one of the wettest summers ever experienced uh, in my lifetime where every afternoon the sky was I... opening up and dumping and this is an mm. almost entirely shot outdoors um in a in a like an old music what do they call it the the agricultural museum oh that, like, the, ha- yes so these buildings are like real shacks from like the civil war right. era like maintained and and the pre, landscape pre, was yeah. just one big gradual salad bowl kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you're in New Orleans or uh, Baton, Rouge. Baton Rouge? It's interesting because part of LSU. You're oh, I've been there. You're yeah. in the yeah. heart. You're talking about so. yeah. You're, you're yeah, between so. the interstates, which is kind of weird. But so you feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere, but you're actually just between two interstates in like a park enclosed area. Mm. Yeah. Um. The and, and the I believe it's the oldest surviving house in Louisiana is now on that property. Oh no uh, way! And we shot in that house, which seemed not like a good idea. But that's a locations question. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not safe. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was just every day, and um, and actually, that's a good show to keep modeling off of. Um, the first ads were very lovely men. Uh, I I really liked them as people. The problem for them is that they were from New York and they had only done stage work. They were young on the newer ad side, so they had never done a show out in the elements. So that's problematic. Um, and everything that could possibly go wrong in that show pretty much did, and then. Mm. Uh, just put on top of that the topic of slavery and people being uh, racist on the show in a variety of ways. Um, and uh, yeah, you get a recipe for uh, just really awful, awful, awful. <laughs> Crabby, wet, yeah. pissed off, some of them racist people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know what? I can tell one funny story that I, I just remembered uh, on a day that the sky was opening up like it did every day. We were shooting out in a place called Vashery, Louisiana, where there's a bunch of plantations that are now kind of museum-y places. Uh, But we were shooting um, around this one plantation, and sky opens up. And the actor, um, I can't think of his name offhand, uh, it's the actor that played Bubba in Forrest Gump. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a very lovely man. Um, All the actors on the show were great. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, hold hold for truck. Is that a truck? No, it's a bus. Both of us. It's like a big truck. Damn you, paparazzi bus. <laughs> and continuing. Coming around. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, so um, uh, we see this guy opening up, and it's about to rain cats and dogs again. And uh, the first AD said, everyone take shelter in the big house, which, you know, phrasing maybe not so great. And then um, the actor that I can't remember his name, he said, Lordy, Lordy, he's going to the big house. <laughs> like just making jokes. And it's the like, bu- 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 guy Bubba, played. yeah. The, because he can make that joke, you know, like, and that's, and I'm trying not to laugh, but it is funny because he had just gotten, he was kind of like in and out of that show because he had a smaller role. So he had just like basically flown back in town. He had not been there for all the misery. So it's kind of like you coming in late where sure. he was just happy go lucky, you know, and everything. But it's just phrasing all the sensitivity on the show. And then you got this guy that just goes, Lodo, Lodo, he's going to the big house. Yeah. And <laughs> and it was funny. It was just like, oh, where have you been this whole show? Because you still have humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a, um, I'll close on this because I can talk about that show forever. But um, we got a memo from production. And it was very obvious it was from the 30-year-old showrunner that had never been a showrunner, um, who was a horrible person. And um, And the message to us was, we're trying to set a tone and a mood with the background, and it's hard to do that when the crew is cutting up or essentially trying to enjoy your day. And so the message that was sent out to the entire crew was to basically put your head down and act Sh- depressed. Shut up and... Yeah, to shut up and put your head down. And it was just, you know, why? Why do that? It's just So it was just every day it was something on that show and so you know you're getting those beat downs and stuff like that and in fact i never saw that memo but that memo came out 
that memo came out the very day that I just told that story. So that morning we'd gotten that memo, which is why I was not trying to laugh because the Mikhail, I think it's, oh, it's going to bother me. Um, but, uh, you know, that was the thing. I was like, so I actually showed him the memo. And afterwards, he goes, what the fuck is this shit? And I was like, this is how the show's been going. He goes, damn, I feel bad for y'all. And he's like, I'm going to be out of here tomorrow, so good luck. <laughs> you know, like, kind of Open up rain. Yeah, but anyway. McKelty Williamson? Yes. McKelty. Yes, that's him. <clears throat> lovely, lovely man. He was um, a nice dude. He was very nice. Everybody really was nice on that. Um, but you weren't allowed to choke. Nope. Aldous Hodge. Smile. Yeah. That was my first Oof. Aldous Hodge meeting. Uh, before Aldous Hodge. Now there's a rad dude. He's so cool. He's chill to the bone. And he, he's beef now, you know, too. He wasn't really a beefcake. Well, he's not a beefcake now, but he's more. Oh, sure. He's, he's a more, beefcake. He's beef now. He's, he's, <laughs> he is literal beef. He has obtained machismo. <laughs> yeah. He is a hot beef. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brain, where are you? Uh, <laughs> in beef town, baby. In beef town. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, all of that is good to segue to the uh, chaoticness that we can experience. And the, the show that we're going to talk about today um, had all kinds of things go wrong, but the elements is definitely a big factor on uh, what happens today, or, or on the show, I mean. Uh, so um, the story that we have for you all today is a 1956 movie called The Conqueror. Um, and uh, we're going to say this is The Conqueror, Cancer Controversy, and Nuclear Fallout. Mm. Um, have y'all heard of this at all? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I I knew a little bit, but I, I, I was surprised. Um, I've seen this poster, and I know that throughout time it was uh, obviously as we've come from this movie up to the present, the you know, the controversy of this is more violent as time goes on. Oh, yeah. like, just looking at this poster is like, um, yeah. So uh, I put the the movie poster in here. Uh, Zoe, you want to give a little description on what you're looking at there? <laughs> uh, yes. John Wayne uh, looking <laughs> like, you, um, he looks like uh-huh. <laughs> he's got an interesting facial Joe, Joe is dying oh. right now. He's, <laughs> he's uh, supposed to be Mongolian. <laughs> he's, a, he's Genghis Khan. Oh, John okay. Wayne. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. I was like, is he supposed to be fucking yeah, Genghis yeah, Khan? Yeah, and then there's a hot broad. Yes, um, complimenting this image. <laughs> yeah, there's a hot broad holding a sword of sorts. Right, um, with her hand on the blade, which seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, but oh. maybe it's not that sharp. She's a lady, so she probably didn't think to <laughs> sharpen that sword up. It um, looks more like a... It almost looks like a nail, giant nail file. Uh, kind of thing. Probably, yeah, yeah. So that's it. And he's making a, a painful, <laughs> a painful face. Like ah. it's that's his warrior's cry. Yeah, right there. But it looks. It doesn't look like. Steak. It doesn't look like he's being very loud. He looks like. Ah. Yeah, he's uh, he's screaming for his lunch. Yeah. Um, Joe, what do you call that kind of facial hair? Um, that, that it's the. It's I, the. Usually, it's the opposite of Hitler. This mustache. <laughs> it's called yeah, something, so. and it's I, like, I want to. Um, it's like a catfish kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. It does. I don't want to insult people with that, but it looks like he multiplied his eyebrows and then doubled them and then took them off and, and <laughs> set them on the sides of his so corners of his lips. It's called yeah. the Fu Manchu mustache. Is technical mm, term? Yeah. It is a technical term, which I was about to say, mm. but I wanted to look it up first before I just go saying words that sound. Uh, whatever, but no, that is uh, what is what, it, what it's called. The Zoe, Fu Manchu. It's really offensive. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's what it's called. <laughs> I swear to God, it's called. I prefer opposite of Hitler mustache, uh, but yeah, yeah, that kind of cool. Uh, I should I should give a disclaimer. It might pop up a few times that the word Oriental is used. Just know I'm quoting things at the time. Mm. Um, okay, L- listeners should definitely go and look at the at the image of this this poster. It the is con- worth. Yeah, we're quick, gonna quick we're gonna, Google. It'll it'll be the first thing that pops we're, up. We're gonna yeah, post uh, some of these pictures too, um, just because they're amazing. Um, so uh, a little bit of background on this movie: it's widely considered one of the worst movies ever made. Um, it often makes the top fifty list. Uh, IMDb has a three point seven rating out of ten, um, and that's the Internet Movie Database. If you don't know, uh, Amazon reviewers mysteriously uh, have it as a four point three out of five stars. Uh, so I don't know what that means about Amazon reviewers. Mm. Brutal. Um, 
uh, it kind of makes me think twice about how did this get made when they're reading the five star reviews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, um, anyway, uh, so before we get any further, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room a little more, which is John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Um, I put some movie stills in here for y'all to see. Um, for Pete's sake. They're, they're comically bad. Um, John Wayne posthumously won a Golden Turkey Award. Have you all ever heard of that? No. I had never heard of it. In 1980 for his performance in the worst casting category. <laughs> oh, wow. Trivial background. Marlon Brando was originally cast to play uh, Mr. Khan, but he backed out. I wonder why. Smart. I wonder why. <laughs> and was he in his pre or post Godfather Marlon Brando? I wonder. Oh, Wait, definitely pre, because this fifty. This was being made in fifty four, released in fifty six. So oh, okay, yeah. This is well. This is a very young when it was still young, hot Marlon Brando. Got it. Not so not fat, older Marlon Brando. <laughs> almost thirty years later, he won this award. Yeah. For the worst casting. Yeah, right. that's amazing. <laughs> I guess it that, takes that long to age. It's like a nice whiskey or something. <laughs> it's got a 10% rotten tomatoes. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing the award didn't exist in 50s. I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe, you know, it takes, it's like a presidency. You need a while to objectively look back on it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Just crystallize it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think what cracks me up about the Marlon Brando thing is that you know, between John Wayne and Marlon Brando, these are people with extremely distinct voices. And then to truly, I mean, you're already in, I mean, you know, keep in mind, everyone listening, this is in a 1950s lens, yeah. but uh, there weren't a lot of prominent Asian actors to even have as an option. Um, and um, I had read, I, I put it in the notes, but I'd read that Yul Brynner, uh, a lot of people were like, why didn't Yul Brynner do this? Because he was probably the closest look you know, ethnically, because I think he's part yeah. Eastern Russian, I believe, in Yul Brynner's background. Mm. Um, but he was working on Ten Commandments at the time, so he wouldn't have even been available. Um, so they're really... Had he already done The King and I? The King and I, was he, it? That feels like early 60s. I could be wrong. Yeah, that was after, maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, like, John Wayne, you know, for anyone younger, he was, like, the quintessential, like, drunk-sounding cowboy. I mean... Uh, well, I mean, or there's that Lee Marvin, maybe it's more so, but, um, you know, it's like a pilgrim, you know, that kind of classic, uh, uh, yeah, you yeah. always hear pilgrim is always in his quotes, but you know, the idea that he's Genghis Khan, I think is mind boggling, but it's also mind boggling to imagine Marlon Brando having, you know, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that'd have been like, let's make Brad Pitt get in there, you know? Yeah. Why not? Play, you know, give him a Fu Manchu. He'll pull it off. Hey, mm-hmm. I mean, Brad Pitt and Orlando Bloom were, you know, uh, Greek or whatever for Troy. Why not? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. That's a bad movie. Um, anyway, um, but no one worked on that, right? Just to be clear. What? Uh, uh, Troy. Uh, Troy. No. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. For, the, for those listening, that's our that's one of our loopholes is if we didn't work on it, we're more free to talk about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> unless we're, we're friends with the people that worked on it. Um, or people that hire us that we're working on it. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, so, uh, I wanted to also address the casting issue that I was kind of alluding to here a second ago. Um, who would like to kind of speak a little bit on the evolution of casting, uh, and meaning that, you know, back in the fifties, your pool of availability on top of your, um, maybe social awareness and things were different and then how it's kind of changed, uh, short circuit, another example, but. Uh, Joe, do you want to address that? And has it changed? And has it changed? Yeah, are you talking about like the process of like who you let in or no? Just the 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 care that has evolved over time, I guess, to being being consciously aware of what you're casting. In general, we've just I think we've gone the right direction in allowing yes, all, people of all shapes and sizes and walks of life to come in the room at least, you know. In general, it, no, no, that, that's what I was looking for, and it, it's, um, you know, we'll get a casting director in here at some point because I, I really want someone in the casting world to kind of speak to, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were doing blackface, still, you know, for example, um, I can go back to Underground, my favorite show of today to talk about, where there wasn't an available black male or female stunt person. So they had to get a white because they needed to copy like a 13 year old black girl. 
So instead, they got a white, small-framed uh, stunt woman, and uh, they blackfaced her. And so, uh, I, again, I'll let stunts speak to that uh, because they have a whole different issue with stunts in their pool of availability. Yeah. And and when you think about you know the safety and, and experience of the stunt person for what's being asked in the stunt, so there's all kinds of issues that go into you know, that's a matching situation in a stunts world. You're, but in casting, yeah. that's what has definitely changed is that we're no longer in the world of um, just because this is a popular actor, let's put him over here. Sure. We make more movies now, though. More yeah. content. Because what is this, 1956? 1956. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Conqueror. Like, I mean, imagine all actors that were acting at the time are coming from the stage. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I feel like that's not not that that's not a thing anymore. But even man, I'm thinking about like kid actors too. Yeah, like there's more of them, and they're better. You notice you watch those old movies, and you're like, man, these kids suck at acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mom uh, and dad, they suck, <laughs> and it's just someone threw in a little kid, and like now, man, these these kids are I serious. Know, about I, 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 could, yeah. <laughs> I could still you debate know? that a little bit, and and apologies to the kid from no, the Phantom Menace, but I mean that was atrocious. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that kid. And Poor I, kid. And he also got harassed a lot, yeah. so I feel bad for him. But I mean, I'm forever in my head. I, I just forever have that. I'll try turning. That's a good trick. Like oh, I that, don't remember that. It's it's during the. Uh, I want to be a Jedi Knight. Yeah, that mm. kid sucked. Yeah, <laughs> Poor kid. And I'm sorry, like, <laughs> but that's on Lucas. You know, like, no, exactly. Um, if only there was money to find the right kid. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Star Wars. It just didn't have enough. Ruin our oh. childhoods. Um, <laughs> and every time I gave them another chance, they ruined it again. Yeah. I, I think the Luke Skywalker death was the final straw for me. Like, I was, that was the worst. Like, what I, are you talking about? The old ones, the new ones? Well, that's, a, that's, a, new, all this, that's yeah. a newer one. Newer one. Um, they've made 15 cents, but um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, they're Star Wars. cute movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> John Williams is a great composer. I'll move on. <laughs> He's getting upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, find something nice to say and move on. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the, the Conqueror. Just, I mean, coming out of the gate, terrible casting can already torpedo a production. Anyone can agree with that. And we've seen it throughout, you know, uh, the decades. But this was only the beginning. This is like tip of the iceberg. Um, this production had so many other things, you know, in the foundation of it, if you were talking about the beginning, you got a legendary producer, Howard Hughes. Um, and if y'all don't know him, go look him up. But, I mean, the guy is an iconic producer, amongst other things. Um, and um, the director was a guy named Dick Powell, who I think in modern lens has kind of gotten lost in time. But of the era, he was a well-known singer, actor, turned director. And he only directed like a handful of things. That's probably because this movie was such a flop. But um, he, I, I think I saw somewhere where there was a quote from one of his kids that said he basically chose to direct it because they were offering a lot of money. And he was like, sure, I'll do it. Um, and uh, That old chestnut <laughs> yeah but you have a supporting cast of all these a-listers too i mean like of the again of the era i mean some of these names you know have fallen off with time but um susan hayward uh, uh what's it uh van cleef um i can't think of his first name right now but um uh you have a lot of known talent coming into this and that was no different than today back in the 1950s when you had your your big budget stuff your 10 commandments your cleopatra um, the big sword and sandals, sword and sandals. They, they yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, and again, I'd like to repeat no one Asian in all these <laughs> things I'm listing, um, uh, on a movie that is all about Mongolia. Um, and, uh, this, this movie, um, at the time had a budget of $6 million. Um, does anyone want to guess what that is in today money? Wild guesses. 2023. 15. Keep going. 20. Oh, much higher. 160. And Justin's going to win for closest without going over. It is about $68 million in today's money. Um, But I I don't think that accurately shows how expensive it was because you also have to think your labor materials was also much cheaper. So 
Yeah. This is probably what, like a uh, over a hundred million dollar movie today. Just, yeah. One of the, I yeah. would think, yep. um, drop in the bucket. So, um, I have a picture, uh, here of the Utah Valley where the, uh, shooting took place. They were kind of all over this Valley and different areas. And, uh, I mean, we'll post it, but if you want to imagine what a <laughs> dry, Rocky Mountain, Utah <laughs> Valley looks like. That's Arid what it is. mesas and sandstone. There you go. Um, maybe some buttes. A couple buttes. Yeah, a couple buttes. Um, so uh, they, they, they're out in the elements, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, except this is a desert, you know, which is something that, thank God, we don't have to do in uh, here much. But mm. um, unless you're in one of the sand pits. Unless you're on underground, uh, yeah. opposite of the desert, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, have y'all ever shot in one of the sand pits? Mm-mm. Oh, they're awful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I recommend high socks and possibly little garbage bags over your shoes. Are they actual sand in there? Are they actual sand pits? Uh, it's a pit of sand. It's it, like, basically like um, it, it's like the Sarlacc pit. Like. like <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. Is that okay? Joe's on the trolley. Y'all get on the trolley with Joe. Um, no, it's 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 just like a it's just like a it's just like an earth. It's just a. Uh, uh, Speaking of sarlax, they actually cast a sarlax there, and that's how you do it's it. Just an earth pit. Um, it's just mounds of of earth material and. Uh, like like this is a dirt pile. This is a river sand pile. This is and then they a sell then they sell those to construction businesses and things like that. Okay, but sometimes we go and shoot in their sand area yep. to simulate a deserty sort mm. of place. Okay, and it is not cool. Yeah, um, try pushing anything on wheels through sand. It's worse than uh, the what oh, is, the, yeah. what's the the pea gravel? Oh, the pea gravel. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there's a there's a quote. Um, uh, Zoe, will you read? Uh, I put this thing in from a Collider article. Um, will you read that? Ah, yes. If a dysentery-stricken Harrison Ford, the million-dollar insurance policies of the Mummy, and the testimony of many many actors can teach us anything, it's that shooting in a desert anywhere in the world sucks. Nature is out to get you in the middle of nowhere. You have to fight with the blistering heat, potentially dangerous animals, all while dealing with the regular stressors that pop up on a film set. Nature doesn't compromise. Nature doesn't cooperate. And nature doesn't care about your movie. Why should it? According to Harry and Michael Medvib's book, Hollywood's Hall of Shame, the Conqueror made for a grueling shoot that for reason alone, water sources dried up and people fainted from heat stroke, but it was pushed over the edge from grueling to genuinely dangerous by the particular desert they decided to use the film for filming. Sounds pleasant, right? Um, so in Ouchie. 1953... That is just awful. Yeah. Sorry. In 1953, not far away, uh, just over the border in Nevada, there were 11 above-ground nuclear tests at the Nevada National Security Site, and a year later, 137 miles uh, downwind from that, and that's uh, 220 kilometers for international friends, um, that uh, the filming began on, you guessed it, The Conqueror. Um, so this is where we're starting to get into the controversy side of it, because um, the filmmakers were aware that the testing was uh, over there in Nevada, but they had been reassured by the federal government that it was safe to film there. And you have to keep in mind, this is the 1950s when Americans still trusted the government. So uh, if the government says it's fine, because clearly they know about radiation in 1954, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, everyone's like, sounds good. Cool. Let's go shoot. <laughs> Bring your cigarettes too. They're good, they're good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Rub your cigarette down in the sand a minute. Yeah. Get it real good and uranium <laughs> It's got a special kind of dizzy. <laughs> it's a new glow on this smoke. <laughs> so we want to tell you about Teaser Fest, burlesque excellence. Immerse yourself in a world of allure at Teaser Fest, a burlesque extravaganza in the heart of New Orleans from January 18th to 21st. Seven showcases, guys. Countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde Vera Tease featuring <laughs> acrobatics in the same iconic venue. 
<laughs> Sorry, I chuckled. Because <laughs> I think it's supposed to say varieties. I, I think, yeah. That's why I'm uh, so yeah, so we should probably do wait, that. What? Oh, yeah. oh. what did I say? <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? I would have. Cinema verities. <laughs> You're, I'm sorry. It's like the kid in class. You're reading out loud. <laughs> no, but I mean that's. Laughing at you. No, I feel like we should shame people more. I feel like it, it gets people on their toes. Uh, I see you into the varieties. Varieties. Derek Zoolander School for yeah, Variety. Yes. <laughs> yeah, varieties. Varieties. <laughs> Let me do uh, seven showcases. Countless thrills. From the tireless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde Verities featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. Varieties. <laughs> varieties. 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 Somebody else do it. Somebody else do it. Hey, you want to take a sip of this? Seven showcases, countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde... <laughs> You're not gonna be able to get through it. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna Seven showcases. Bob Marley. <laughs> that wasn't me. All right, that I wasn't me. Seven showcases, countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant garde varieties featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. It's at the Orpheum Theater, gang. Witness burlesque magnificence in this historic gem, a perfect backdrop for the extravagance of Teaser Fest. After Dark Adventures, explore edgy, one-of-a-kind acts that redefined late-night entertainment. Teaser Fest celebrates New Orleans culture with live music, crafted cocktails, and intimate performances. A festival like never before. Elevate your senses at Teaser Fest. Promising enchantment, amazement, and a celebration of burlesque in all its forms. So get your tickets now. Visit teaserfest.com and secure your place at the hottest burlesque event of the year. Justin, would you read uh, uh, this uh, Oscar Millard? Uh, I, I put a quote in from him. Sure, Oscar Millard. The Duke, or sorry, the the company had just missed being wiped out by a flash flood, and Duke Wayne had been drunk for three days. Not that it made much difference, except when a bender bloated him, it was hard to tell. His performance, drunk or sober, was the way other actors tend to perform if drunk. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know John Wayne or you don't know him well, you can just go look him up. I mean, the way the guy talked was sort of like a, a drunken slur. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of get what he means. Like, you, you really couldn't tell a difference. But that picture that I posted where he's laying on the ground, I was like, is that a bloated day? <laughs> oh, is that a bloated day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, I found him here laying here on the ground. Did y'all ever see, a, um, it's an old SNL, but uh, it's uh, Bill Murray as an out-of-shape Hercules? No. <laughs> I, I no. highly recommend everyone look that up. It's so funny because they they shot it and dubbed over their voices to make it look like a crappy old movie or oh, whatever. Oh, mm. yeah, totally. And uh, and here's Bill Murray coming with a pot belly and everything. And uh, and Dana Carvey's playing this Greek Grecian king or whatever. And, and he says, um, uh, if you are the real Hercules, lift that boulder over there. And then the Bill Murray guy goes, that boulder's too large. I can lift a smaller one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I do know that. Yeah. And then he eventually, he pulls his back and has to lie down. <laughs> so that's what made me think of it. Is like, and, and again, we'll post these pictures. But if you see this one of John Wayne on the floor, it just reminds me of Bill Murray. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways. Um, so, yeah. Again, you're not going to hear a lot of good things about this production. Um, so... Another thing, again, no Asians on this show, they got 300 members of uh, one of the local, uh, Paiute, I believe is the way to say it. Uh, someone can write in and correct me. But the local Paiute tribe uh, were cast as the Tartar horsemen. Um, and, um, you know, you needed a lot of Mongolian horseback, basically. Um, so here's some natives. Um, Gosh. But we'll get more on that in a minute. Uh there's not really much else to say about the production itself. I think we've done a lot to set up that uh, it it didn't go well. Um, and then 
we're going to get into a little bit of the aftermath of the filming. Um, I don't know. Joe, do you want to explain a reshoot uh, beyond the obvious, uh, what it sounds like? Well, yeah. I mean, if you got to fill in holes or you missed something or you got to go back, that's, yeah, that's the obvious bit. But maybe there's performances were bad. It can be lighting continuity. Yeah, technical continuity, issue. Techni- yeah. Technical issues. And this back in, uh, in thir- no, this is film film. So, I mean, you could have had a bad film. If you had bad exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bloating. Bloating. <laughs> Your actor is bloating in front of you. Budget bloating. I mean, it can really be anything like that for sure. Um, so the reason uh, bringing that up, Howard Hughes had 60 tons of that Utah dirt shipped to California for the reshoots. So this downwind irradiated earth was then shipped to Los Angeles to re- do reshoots. Um, so if you weren't getting ex- enough exposure, let me just bring it to you and just rub it around. We're going to have uh, asbestos snow <laughs> on the set, too. Oh, oh man, how lawless. Because like yeah. we've been in places where it's like mm, I don't feel good about this. I, or, sure. yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm inhaling smoke, or eh, I don't really know what's around. But this like, warehouse you're there. is clearly like just yeah chemicals and yeah <laughs> and yeah. You don't want to be the only guy to say something or you know because it's at the end of the day like you're not going anywhere. We it's, should that, we should have a whole topic at some point on whistleblowing and everything because that's a culture that's trying to change for the better you know for in the name of safety and other things but uh, we can talk about that another time but you are correct I mean, yeah that if the courage of the person on set that speaks up and is like i don't like this yeah, I, I, I look yeah I, yeah open challenge to anyone in the iatsi union what is hazard pay what constitutes hazard pay i have definitely worked in hazardous conditions and when i have asked about it i get a mum answer and uh you know, this is one of those examples where you're like, um, aren't we downwind from a nuclear testing thing? You know, should yeah. we have protection on or something? But in 1956, I, I, I don't know. know. You don't better. really, ha- you don't really have those questions. Someone said it was safe. It's fine. What do yeah. you want? You know, yeah. move on. Uncle you Sam know? says it's good to go. It's good for him. It's good for me. Especially something where you're not going to feel the effect of that hazardous environment until right what, years later yeah. it's like oh shit i got a little bit of cancer i wonder it's <laughs> if it's from that three months i spent you know fil- uh, filming that well, yeah, i wouldn't think the, that yeah. like hmm, just my the, luck the desert's got fresh air i thought I don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god you i want to get out there and you're like Ah, good desert yeah. air. <laughs> yeah. They all light their cigarettes. Yeah. And, I mean, Which we are going to get into the cigarette part of it here in a minute. Oh, great. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> so um, uh, now we're going to get into some statistics. Hopefully um, y'all aren't driving because this might make you fall asleep. But oh. um, uh, so there were 220 crew members. And and this is not including the 300 Paiute peoples. That's a big. That's big. Yeah, it's a, it's a big a show. Big show. Um, cause Joe, what would you say is like the average crew? 100, 120. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, this is a massive crew. There's also probably positions that no longer exist that were probably in this time period. Sure. Um, oh yeah. That's another thing, uh, is the ev- evolution <laughs> of our industry. Um, sometimes there's new positions that crop up by demand and there's other ones that go away. Yeah. They didn't have monitors back then. They, uh, hired a guy to paint the scenes in real time and put those up at video village. Yes. So that's what he was. <laughs> <laughs> Some very, a really fast. Sketch artist. Sketch artist, yeah. That's yeah, kind of like the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's running it back over. <laughs> what we framed up there. He's like, almost done. Yeah. <laughs> Bear with me. And they had four guys that yeah. did that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you guys can only imagine out there. Oh. I like I like the idea. Those four it's, guys were Asian, too. That's, <laughs> that's the weirdest they part. They were the Asian guys. The, the only hell? Asians on the entire cruise. <laughs> Um, yeah. I just imagined like eight hands on one uh, notepad, <laughs> like combined mm-hmm. <laughs> to scribble the image together. Um, I bet some new positions were either created on this show or because of this show. Uh-huh. Is this the origin of the HR department? Oh, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. HR. Is this is where human resources come from. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. So of these 220 crew members. Again, not including the Paiutes, um, 91 crew members contracted a wide range of cancers in their lifetimes. And that's about 41% of the crew. 46 of that 91 died from a cancer-related illness, and that's about 21% of the crew. 
So because of, like Joe has brought up, smoking and other yeah. variables at the time, it's hard to pinpoint exactly how much radiation actually affected the crew because the statistics are actually uh, kind of in line with cancer statistics oh, of the 50s. Mm. But three <laughs> interesting things of note. Uh, the majority of those 91 cases uh, that were contracting cancers at younger ages than the average in the, in the mid-50s. So that's one of the red flags. Um, and again, going back to our Paiute friends, um, those 300 were never included in any statistics or anything. So that could alter uh, what is known about the outcome of the crew after that show. Sure. Um, uh, so there's no way to actually pinpoint how much is is affected. Um, and I'll note for the record, there is a little bit of discrepancy between some of the found statistics. Uh, there was one source, um, which, uh, we'll post sources online, but, uh, there was a source that was saying that the mortality rate, uh, was normal at the time, but then another one was saying that the 91 recorded cancer cases is high for the time. Well, with these statistics, I'm like, did anybody take another movie shooting at the same time in a totally different location right. and see how many of their crew members? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, what are the stats dropped from cancer? People? Yeah, that's yeah, like that'd be the way to do it. Get a couple other. They were comparing what to they call the that general control. The control. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The general, just like population or just other general population of the time okay yeah no i, I need other i need two other crews uh, on two yeah. other movies i need the <laughs> mythbusters crew <laughs> yeah give me that now we need the scientific method to be implemented here yes um our problem is <laughs> but actually yeah no it's a great question um so uh at, at the end of this um my question to y'all is, is what can we gather here? Like, what are your thoughts uh, knowing all this information you know now? Like, do you think there's a little column A, column B going on? Or do you think it's it's definitely affecting? Or is it just the generality of, oh, my God, this was a horrible idea on so many levels? You know, y'all tell me. I think it's also a time period. Yep. That's that what I was going to say. Yeah. Being able to test for certain things. I worked on something where they had – had found out there was some hazardous material on a, um, on a set we'd built and they had someone come in. We didn't shoot there for a couple of days, but they tested it, blah, blah, blah. And it was all pretty quick. It was all pretty quick and uh, painless. But I imagine well, 60 years ago, do. they didn't have that. Boom, boom, boom. Testy test. Send it e off. Send it back. Work Even it. the knowledge that it was dangerous. I mean, the, yeah. the, the asbestos snowflakes in movies, yeah. like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know this, but like, did they know what they were doing? Like, yeah. yeah. Making it rain like that on people with that? I, I got stuff. some in my mouth again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. That, yeah. And between someone some playing a chips. different race, didn't, did, uh, did Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai, is he supposed to be? He is not. He's not um, supposed, he's supposed no. to be a white guy yeah. that is also a samurai. It's yeah. more of a dances with wolves story okay like yeah. just check like yeah i was also thinking culture mad damon in the gray wall oh, but yeah. i think he also plays kind of just similar. a reg yes yeah, white guy I, I, I got one for culture. you let's see if you're doing the oh my god oh right yeah. mickey rooney Bre breakfast at tiffany's and yeah. breakfast at tiffany's yeah. wow like that's the that's the, the classic that's the one that's like because he does the voice and everything. He's doing the. We're gonna and breakfast at Tiffany's sixties. Yes, sixty. Yeah, mid sixties. Yeah, send that to me because we'll, we'll post ooh, that ooh, as well. Ooh. The the one that I was thinking of is Sean Connery in You Only Live Twice, uh, the Bond movie, because he fakes his death, escapes to Japan, where I mean, it is straight up Team America where they try to alter him to look like a Japanese person. And <sighs> it's so offensive <laughs> to see it through a modern lens. And this is in the 60s, I believe. But having Connery pretending to be Asian with his obvious Scottish accent, which is so hilarious and wonderful at the same time. But uh, that's the one that popped in my head of, of like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm watching this thing. He's in also Ireland. in an yeah. interview. He's like, it's OK to hit a lady as <laughs> long as you have an open hand. Yeah. That's yeah. just fine. Yeah. Like there is that, you can look that one up. That's yep. that is just like he, and also, he smiles like fight me. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. It's like, oh, my God. Well, that's uh, 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 what's the uh, is it the uh, 
from Russia with Love. Um, he, the Bond girl in that, gets hysterical and he slaps her to calm her down. You know, which is the, obviously the way you calm a woman that's, down. Isn't that right, Zoe? Um, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, Bond. Yeah. There's no other way. Yeah, she's like, she's like Bond. Um, you lost me at Bond. Yeah. What's Bond? Yeah, I don't know. I used to be pretty scrappy in my youth. So this is my yeah, hit a woman. Why not? Right. Yeah. yeah, I've been punched uh, in the face. Right <laughs> um, no, but it's it's pretty jarring. Uh, no pun intended to see it through a, a again a modern lens because you're you're watching it and you're like, oh, I'm watching a Bond movie. You know, it's like a typical James. Oh God, okay, yeah. wow, oh, my goodness. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw something like that. Where I was like, that's not that person's race. The hell are you talking about? You know, Team America. <laughs> Was that with the puppets? Durka Durka. Durka. Mar- I, I, was I was like, <laughs> Marionettes? <laughs> yeah, the Marionettes. Okay, I don't, yeah, I never yeah. saw that one. Uh, um, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's, it's, that one's good. But I know yeah. that there's kind of like a movement now of uh, like voice actors. Because there's a lot. I mean, this yeah. is different, but a lot of like. Uh, Hank Azaria, yeah, men, Yeah, men play, playing women, uh, voices, stuff like that. Um, which doesn't bother me if you got a good voice. Voice acting is. Uh, it's a noble profession. Noble profession. Love voice acting. Yeah. Um, kind of, but also, like, you know, people like voicing um, a character. Yeah, it's the job we all want to have. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to be a voice actor, right? <laughs> so I see that, you know, but I don't know. I don't think a lot of people have super strong opinions on I mean, that because a silly voice is a silly voice, right? right. And it's fun yeah. and it, you know, a lot of the times with cartoons, someone's blue or yellow it's or whatever. Current, so, yeah. eh, you know. I mean, that's a, that's a little getting into the, I think, cancel culture currently yeah. that people are really pushing over the top for, um, you know, like only a handicapped person can portray a handicap, you know, a character kind yes. of thing. And the, uh, there's actually uh, Sean Penn, um, of all people, um, <laughs> Made it, but he he, he, he spoke an, up. I know, like he he said that you know on the one hand you want to comply with the changing times, but and I'm paraphrasing heavily here. I'll see if I can find it and post it later. But you never go full retard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. Sean. To be clear, man, do yourself uh, a favor and watch that. I am Sam. Uh, that that's what he was referring to. Was trailer because uh, he was saying pretty good. Ju- he was saying Daniel Day Lewis would never be able to do my left foot in today's world. He was saying, I would never be able to do I Am Sam in today's world. He's he's saying his point was that not to say that this is right or this is wrong, but that um, this is what the times are. And mm-hmm. so, a- again, you know, with acting, you're acting, you're playing a character. So I'm kind of torn on the whole thing because it's like, I don't care what you look like. If you play the part really well, then play the part really well. But that's just what right. sense. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and that's, fall a, that's on a murky some cake world. In that. Yeah. It's very funny. But Tom Pan falls in some cake. to circle us cake. back. Oh my gosh. Very funny. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> like, like on his butt? Like he does no, he comes around the corner and he's holding a giant sheet cake and he eats shit and it's <laughs> so <laughs> cancel culture aside, that is a damn funny moment and it makes it into the trailer. I am Sam. Oh, I am Sam. Uh, he's running with a, like a sheet oh, cake right, right. and he does this kind of spin out and he falls. <laughs> Oh my god! It <laughs> makes me laugh oh hard. We can watch it later. Oh my god! That's uh, great. I had forgotten about that. My brain. Oh, I did not. My brain went <laughs> to Donald Sutherland cameo in Kentucky Fried Movie because it just there's a moment well, where there's an oldie. Yeah, it's a moment where it just goes Donald Sutherland as the clumsy waiter, and then he literally mm. it's Donald Sutherland for all of four seconds tripping and falling into a cake. Oh, <laughs> oh that's god. great. Uh, um, he, Simpsons does it too. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, so uh, I think the point that we're trying to make is that someone like a John Wayne character has no business playing Genghis Khan. No. That's really what's at the meat and potatoes of it. Um, so It's a gray area, but sometimes it's very clear right. what you're doing. Have uh, there been any more movies about Genghis Khan since? Just curious. Yes. Oh, that's uh, a good thought. To, uh, but actually made by, like... I believe Chinese production has done some Genghis Khan historical stuff. Okay. okay. Which, you know, hey, that's the way it should be done. Yeah. Um, don't get 300 Paiutes. <laughs> Go get, you know, actual, like, Asians anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who played Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted? Oh. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, my God. Because oh, Genghis Khan is in Bill and Ted. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Um, while, Napoleon's great in that. While he's like, yeah, that's true. And he's like, nine, nine, nine. 
<laughs> or no, what, what's shit? What, what, he's bowling Mier, or something Mier, like Mier, that? Mier, Mier, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, I also remembered uh, Fisher Stevens short circuit. Uh, yes. Playing an Indian American. Um, oh, because Johnny Johnny Five the accent. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Whole. I mean, that was full on. And I, I don't remember who. It might be Kamel Nanjiani that said it. Uh, it, was, it was someone like him was saying that, uh, like he was asked about that Fisher Stevens role, and they were saying like, my dad liked it, you know, and he's it, he's Pakistani. That's <laughs> like, funny. So, mm. You know, it's a, it's one of those things where it's that like offending. People who aren't even like Indian Pakistani, for example, um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, basically uh, suburban white women. Yes, um, <laughs> um, that is offensive in my gated community of other white people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so Genghis Khan played by Al Leon. Uh, sorry for the pronunciation. There. If you can't pronounce it, it's probably good. It's, it it's he's, probably a good thing. He oh, is, in fact. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's yeah, a legendary. Uh, Yo, he's in uh, like, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's That's in right. tons of stuff. Tons um, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, he's a yeah yeah. Um, he's dope. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Um, yeah, hell yeah to that guy. And and uh, I believe th- that was a, a Fu Manchu, right? I was. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah, rocking it. Yep, Correct. rocking it appropriately. Yeah. All right. Well, we are off the rails as usual. So uh, let's wrap us up here. Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed this. Um, we're going to be doing these from time to time. Um, if you have any ideas, of course, you can. Oop, segue, Zoe. Oh, what up? Do you like what we're doing here? Do you have thoughts, comments, questions? Maybe you have an idea or a suggestion for topics you want to hear about? Well, you can find us on the interwebs. You can email us or at filmfolklorepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social medias. Uh, Instagram is Film Folklore Podcast. Our Facebook group is Film Folklore. Uh, on Twitter, uh, X is at the Film Folk. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. You can review us. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. And someone take us out. Mammy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we almost made it to 13 episodes. <laughs>